you know, in honor of us watching this movie, I did a little bit of research on hitchhiking. So apparently in my brief amount of research, I figured out that, or I found out that hitchhiking was a huge thing, in the, especially in the 60s and 70s. And as the growth of car ownership went up, hitchhiking went down. And then also local cops and police forces started to really, you know, dissuade people from picking up hitchhikers. Well, yeah, because a lot of people were getting hurt, robbed, killed, maybe yeah. even worse. There's a lot of rapes, actually. That too. Remember, women, do not pick up strange men. But the thing about it is, it's still legal in most of the state. In most states, it's still legal. Well, that's there's only because, a few. There's only a few states that made it illegal. Well, that's because most people still need to get from point A to point B. They're not actually there to hurt others. Right. The ones that are there to hurt others, they just give hitchhikers a bad name. Yeah, most and, hitchhikers are genuinely just trying to get to the DMV to renew their license. Right. Probably not. Or they're probably just trying to get to the next point so they can continue traveling on foot. Or they're trying to get to an isolated area where they can kill the person who picked them up. Or they're trying to get to Camp Crystal Lake. Yes. And unfortunately, they got picked up by Mrs. Voorhees. And then got her throat slit. And I think Nick actually thinks that might still be Jason, even though Jason can't drive. I still think, no, I think the person who did the throat slitting was Jason. The person driving was Mrs. Voorhees. I don't know. I mean, I, you can go back and forth on, did Mrs. Voorhees know that Jason was still alive? And was he still alive? Was he a ghost? I don't know. That's a whole Or was Jason just out there killing people with her? They could have been just tag teaming. Got an idea for you. What if Mrs. Voorhees had picked up this hitchhiker from this movie? <laughs> I think that would throw her whole plan off because what if he had the same plan? He was looking for someone to kill him and he picked up and he gets picked up by Mrs. Voorhees. What happens? That would be a pretty interesting uh, match off actually. dynamic. Because <laughs> right off the bat, he's going to start initiative like, I'm going to sit here and you're going to drive. And she's like, um... You're not a camp counselor. <laughs> no, she's probably going to be like, oh, you want to test me, motherfucker. Pretty sure he would kill her. Now, if it's if it's, if Jason's involved, maybe there's a chance. No, like, she'd probably put up a decent fight. What? Well, she would know that she's no match for him physically, so of course she'd be going in the woods and then whacking him with any kind of log or stick she finds. She looked like the mom from the Brady Bunch, all right? How and notice how, how that mom from the be? Brady Bunch killed every camp counselor there was. Yeah, mostly young teenage girls. This is a grown-ass man. And she's killed some men. Yeah. Off, if technically... Uh, off, off screen. If and technically Jason was not there killing anybody with her, she did kill everybody, including like, the guys. Including I'm, Kevin Bacon. I'm not impressed hiding underneath Kevin Bacon's bed and waiting for him to have sex and then impaling his no, throat. No, he already had sex. And after the sex, impaling his throat. No. Oh. That's not impressive. She still killed him. You could have done that. I could do a lot of things. <laughs> So the reason why I picked this movie actually was because it's actually the 25-year anniversary. It came out in 1986. It's too far removed from Ruger's death to actually claim that's the reason. So This motherfucker was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? He was the villain in that too, yeah. And True Blood? I don't remember him in True Blood. And Surviving the Game with IC. Well then. So basically, he's one of the most classic movie villains of all time. And I think a lot of people have not seen The Hitcher. And it's a damn shame because it's one of them is more iconic but less seen performances and that's what we're going to talk about today we're going so, to talk about the hitcher well i mean to be fair this is my first time watching it yeah what i found over the years is that so i happened to rent it from the video store very randomly when i was in high school um probably was in the same time period where i rented dawn of the dead evil dead 2 all those movies i think i rented this along with fright night and i had them both um at the same time it's free on youtube right now Oh, yeah, but I, I'm talking about back in the days of America Online, free trials on America Online, way before the technology would allow it to be there on YouTube. <laughs> but I found over the years that a lot of people have not seen it. Maybe, I would say, dare say, a lot of people today, may, they may know the remake more than the original. I was about to say, you might want to mention that there is a remake before people go on TV, sees the Hitcher and thinks, oh, this is that movie they were talking about. And then they see Sean Bean and of Ruger Howard. You know how if you're on IMDb and you put something in the search bar, it pulls up the matches by like basically popularity or familiarity, mm -hmm. right? So when you put in the hitcher, the first match that comes up says 2007 next to it. God damn it. <laughs> and then the second match is 1986, and it was puzzling. I was like, wow, so the remake is more well-known somehow. Well, that's because Sean Bean's in it. Yeah, well, you know, that doesn't mean it's as good as the movie Mr. Bean, all right? So it <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Um, it's disrespectful to the original for that to be more well known. Although the original, to be fair, only made six million dollars in the international box office. No, it had a six million dollar budget, made five point eight million. 
I was trying to round it up to give it some more. So they, so they literally lost 2K, or I guess for a million, that would be 200K. Let me, let me check the calculator. <laughs> 200K. Yep. That, your math works. Yeah, so this movie was not successful in the box office. But I have to think that what following it does have came through video rentals, DVDs, watching it free on YouTube, as Nick did. So, yeah. But maybe a cult following, but definitely not a big hit by any stretch, which puzzles me again. Why did it even have a remake? Um, because most likely film people uh, saw a movie they liked, noticed no one else liked it. So they're like, okay, well, how can we improve upon this? Better graphics, but the exact same damn movie. Yeah, and this is not a movie that really relies on graphics or special effects. So, Literally, it, I remember watching the remake. It, and now that I watch the original, it is the exact same movie with Sean Bean instead of Ruger Howard. Yeah. And instead of one guy, it's a couple going into town. A couple coming in instead and, of one guy. And, of course, instead of the girl dying, the guy dies. Right. That's the only difference. Yeah, I wasn't feeling the remake. I, didn't, I don't think I hated it, but it seemed like a purposeless it, remake. It added nothing. There was no reason. It, for it. added nothing. It was, not the, it was not different. It was exactly the same. Yep, so let's go ahead and get in the movie. So Jim almost kills himself. Yep, so as many... Played by, was it, C. Thomas Howe? C. Thomas Howe, who was actually pretty big in the 80s for like two years because he was in The Outsiders and he was in a movie called Red Dawn <laughs> and both those movies were relative hits. And then he, for some reason, chose to do this movie, which maybe wasn't the best career move since, again, $5.8 million at the box office. <laughs> His days as a star were over after this. He kind of faded into soap operas and then... I mean, his career had gone so far down that basically when they did the, the sequel, which was straight to video in the 90s, they were able to get him back for a pretty heavy starring role. You mean that 45-minute role you were telling me about? Well, they killed him off pretty quickly. <laughs> he also had decreased as an actor dramatically, so he wasn't the same actor by that time either. So, Although it's weird to see him as like an old person. You know what's weird is I read the description for the second one, and they literally stated... He's a cop who just got suspended when another serial killer starts killing people the same way as Ruger Howard did. And that would be Jake Busey. Yeah, and I'm just sitting there thinking, after everything this man goes through in this movie, he decides to become a cop? Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, the sequel, you can either... Okay, here's the thing. The sequel, is it canon? If nobody's seen it, I don't know. If nobody's seen it, then how can it be canon? <laughs> it's straight to video. I mean, you can choose to ignore if you want. I mean, you're not missing anything by not seeing the sequel. I would say the sequel and the remaking both put those in a little basket off of the side. And if you're ever extremely curious, maybe check them out. I mean, I'm but sure. I'm this, is not, this is not a series. I'm sure Jake Busey at least gave a fun performance. Yeah, but that guy tries too hard, though. No. Oh. He tries too hard to be crazy. He's trying to channel Gary Busey, of course. So. Well, yeah. I mean, look at the damn man. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anyways, as you said, C. Thomas Howell is our main character, Jim Halsey. And, and he almost dies. Because he does like many of us do. He falls asleep at the wheel. So. How dare he? Does he not know how to sleep and drive? Well, I don't know if you saw whether your stream was messed up, but the road he was driving on was abandoned, creepy as shit, basically. Well, yeah, it was in the middle of, it looked like freaking Utah. I've driven through Utah before. There was a hundred mile stretch of road with nothing on it. Yeah. And then on top of it, it starts to rain too. It's like the worst case scenario. Now, at that point, you should just pull over. If he didn't pick up the hitcher, then... I'm pretty sure the damn Jeepers Creepers dude was about to come and get him and that was going to be the next thing. So, so now, we get, now we get our hitcher whose uh, name in the movie is John Ryder, played by Ruger Howard. Because he's looking for a rider? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Good one, screenplay people. <laughs> so, picks him up and, you know, his first line for um, for Jim Halsey, for C. Thomas Allen, his first line is, my mother told me I should never do this. Why don't you just listen to your mother? Why, right. Why would you ignore your mom's teachings? I love how the, I also love how Ruger Howard just sets, stands there, listens to him say that. I was like, oh, I'm going to have fun with this bitch. <laughs> yeah. With that first line, Ruger's like, well, I think I found the right guy. <clears throat> but that said, we know pretty quickly what Ruger's intentions are because he informs poor Jim that the previous driver that picked up... No, what what hey. should we call him? Should we call him Ruger or Ryder? <laughs> I'll just call him Ryder. I mean, that's his character's name. But yeah, he, uh, he has no hands. He has no head. He has no feet. 
No arms. No arms either. So, um, yeah, at this point, Jim's like, okay, you got to get out of my car. Yep. And Ryder says, nah, I think I'm going to sit there and you're going to drive. At this point, I'll be like, nah, you're going to get the fuck out of my car or I'm going to make you. Ryder would be stabbing Nick in the throat with a knife. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sending him off the road, unfortunately. And then maybe Ryder would take over the podcast, though. That'd be very interesting. Me just talking... And him just being like, I'm going to sit here and you're going to talk. Just that would be the whole podcast. So <laughs> no, he's probably going to just be like, do you know what I plan on doing with this knife? He's like, the last guy I did a podcast with. Cut off his arms, cut off his legs, cut, cut his out tongue. his tongue. Yeah. And I'm going to do the same to you. Cut out his tongue, reached into his mouth and ripped out his vocal cords. And I'd be like, yeah, yo, Nick, I need you back, man. <laughs> like, I'm sorry I tried to replace you, but it's not working out with this new guy. So. <laughs> He's talking about cutting out, cutting out tongues. <laughs> You'll be like, yeah, can you get down here now? I need some backup. Immediate help, please. <laughs> now, he's, now he's just fucked in the ass. Yeah, pretty much. He has a knife to his throat. They're driving. They go, they go to the construction place. Now, this, this is a pretty funny scene, in my opinion, because the construction guy goes up to Jim and goes, so what part of Illinois are you from? What? Your license plate says you're from Illinois. What part of Illinois are you from? <laughs> well, the reason is because um, I guess the service he calls is called a driveway service. Yeah. Driveway service, so he's driving someone else's car to California for them. Right, but uh, the, the part that I find funny about this scene is, so in order to get Jim to try and act normal, uh, Ryder shoves the damn knife up against his dick. Well, listen, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, and... He had to do what he had to do to sell to the construction guy. That they were gay. Because the construction guy clearly looks at him and says, you guys... You you have a nice night now, sweethearts. Yep. And Ryder just blows him a kiss. <laughs> this show is the intelligence of John Ryder. It's fucking hilarious. Not just statistical, but clearly has, it was pretty clever. Yeah. It, uh, Jim finally gets the courage to push Ryder right out of the car while it was moving probably 55 miles an hour. Now, any any normal man... Would be hurting severely. Might be seriously affected by this. Might need some, the attention of a hospital, a good hospital. This man, not so much. He just stands up and is like, oh, we going to play. I found the one I've been looking for. So another line, You are the one, Jim Halsey, I've been looking for. So there's a line that we actually kind of skimmed over, and that is Jim's, uh, John's intention with Jim was for Jim to actually stop him. Well, he tells him basically, repeat these words. I want to die. And as he's saying it, you get the sense that, well, he means something a little bit deeper here. He's saying that he wants to die and he wants you to kill him. Now, that's, that's just interpreting the subtext of the movie. But actually, all the actions of the movie point towards that being the thing. Especially since in multiple points of this movie, an abandoned building, on a highway multiple times, in a cafe, there's a plenty of times John could have killed Jim and... Let's him get away. In fact, I think, yeah. in fact, in the abandoned house, an abandoned gas station, he throws him his keys and then gets in a truck with some other guys. So that symbol to me, basically, that, all right, this is not about him killing, because the predictable route the movie could have taken would be just him stalking him to kill him. But clearly, that's not the game that Ryder's playing here. He's playing a different game, something that's involving, it's a cat and mouse game of, you're going to go out there and live your, do whatever, but I'm going to make your life miserable. Mm. And at this point in the movie, they really don't know what exactly he's up to because it's still pretty unclear. So, but what I know is, um, I know I have a question. Why in these movies, you go, all these characters goes to an abandoned house, abandoned gas station, abandoned whatever. First thing they do, they decide to check is if the phones are working. Yeah. Why? The place is abandoned. There's probably no gas in the damn tanks. And you want to check if the phone lines are working? You know, but how common is this abandoned gas station? You know, you know what this made me think of? There's a scene, remember, in Halloween 4 where, um, where Michael and Loomis end up at a gas station. But the reason why it's abandoned is because Michael came and killed the mechanic that was there. Well, yeah, that was different. But this place, you could clearly tell, was completely abandoned. I mean, dust covered. All the doors was locked. I think I think Jim had to break a damn window to get through. After John was thrown out the car, he was picked up by a whole family. Yeah, you know what's funny, too, is, like, Jim actually warns the family. Well, he tries. 
No, but he does what the only thing he can do basically is beep the horn and say, Hey, there's a there's a there's a killer in your car, get him out. So the problem with going high speeds is that wind going through the windows, you're not gonna hear another person screaming at you. Best thing Jeff could have done. No, 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 I get that. But the, the other drivers look at him and they see him saying, Ah he's pointing at the back seat and saying he's like clearly he's emoting in his face that something's wrong. And the driver of the car is like, Nah. Speed up, so, honey. So what I would have done is uh, I would have gotten in front of the car and then slammed my brakes. Make the other car behind me stop so then you can – so then you have multiple people to be able to take this guy on. Yeah, the problem – one of the problems is that – Is he was in the backseat with the kids. I kept thinking when Jim was like yelling like, pull over. It's like – what are you going to do when you pull over? <laughs> Which one of you is going to get out of the car and actually like manhandle this dude and get him out of your car? And I'm sure right. two guys could probably take him on. He's with the kids. Yeah. Now, actually, this is movies. This is actually movie gets really dark too because when he finds the car, like, are we to believe that he like he chopped up the kids too? Like, probably. It, apparently, everybody in the car is dead when he finds it. Yeah. That's some crazy shit. He killed two kids. Yeah. So this uh, this death is pretty much this death of four characters is pretty much implied because we don't see the bodies. We, we, just, see, we see him throw up once he looks on the windshield and sees the, the carnage inside. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, how long did Jim have with this crew before, or did John have with this group of family before Jim found him again? Because John's also long gone. Well, it doesn't make sense because Jim goes off the road, but we have to believe that he gets back on the road and keeps driving. So and there's no way that car would have gotten away from him because I'm sure he was probably had his foot to the pedal, his pedal to the metal. You're right. And when he gets there, John is long gone. And everyone is dead, deader than a doornail. That tells you this movie's not playing because he could have easily, the creators of the movie could have easily done it where like it was a couple in the car. But they had those little two kids in the backseat to make it extra like, damn, he killed the kids too? Shit. Oh yeah, he killed them, he killed them kids. So you know, it's, um, kids. yeah. So you know, it's after when um, when he hands, throws in the keys, and then uh, Ruger or John Ryder leaves. He very conveniently, like very quickly, to show how effective hitchhiking is. Within one second, another car picks him up, and Jim also warns that guy too. He runs, says, "Hey, hey!" Yep. And he says it right to the the passenger seat, basically. So two cars just ignore Jim completely when he's actually giving a, a decent warning out. I'm not saying they got what they deserve, but um, yeah. So now, now he's driving along, and now he's comfortably drinking his mocha, mochaccino, and boom, rear-ended by John Ryder's actually in the truck now. So now here's the thing: I got, I, I do have a question about this scene. So John actually hits Jim like what three or four times before yep. John gets bored. Yeah, they show him. He's like, ah, he's going through the motions. Yeah, seriously. What what kind of idiot allows someone to start ramming your car without even trying to swerve out of the way? Because notice how the killer even got bored. He was like, okay, I'll come back for you another day when you're a little bit more man enough to take me on. Yeah, that was kind of <laughs> weird. But at this point in the movie, I'm really like, just like, what the hell? What is going on? What is this guy's motivations? The guy's motivation is he wants to fuck with this kid. Yeah. With and- lack of better words. And unfortunately, the worst thing Jim can do is to bring other people into his scenario. Oh, you mean like Jennifer Jason Lee, who yep. plays Nash in this movie? Yep. Now, listen, I understand he's hungry. He wants some food. Well, I guess things. to be fair, he doesn't pull her in just yet. It's coming. But this scene also kind of doesn't make sense in the long run. Okay. So, a couple <laughs> things here. If you open, uh, if you had an establishment, right? Let's say you own a, you own a restaurant. Let's say it's, um, you get there. The place doesn't open for an hour or two, and some stranger comes knocking on the door demanding a phone. I don't know if I'm opening the door. If I, okay, now, especially also, if I'm a female and some weird guy's knocking on the door demanding the phone, I don't care if he's cute or what. I'm not opening the door if I'm a female. So, so, so again, this is the thing about, I guess, the this movie took place in the 80s. Um, people were a little bit more trusting. They didn't know what other people were capable of, or they were just ignorant to it. Especially women who back then were also probably taught that if a man says something, do it anyway. From the 80s, though? I mean, that's not like 100 years ago. That's just the 80s. There are still some women uh, being like that. Especially this, this movie came out after like five of the Friday 13 movies that already came out. So this would have been like after Friday 13 Part 5. 
I mean, okay, the only weird thing about the movie is the burger scene. Yeah, because this, the reason, it, it make more sense, and maybe there was some more time away from the burger, but, so you brought this up, she puts the burger on the hot plate, and then she walks into the back room. Yeah. But it seems like almost immediately after that, uh, Jim comes out of the bathroom. So how much time do you think is needed for John to run into this place that I'm pretty sure, I think she actually locked right after Jim Kate walked in. So yeah. how did he get in there? But yeah, how did John get in there and switch out one of the fries for a finger? Well, again, how would he even know that there is burger and fries? Like, he walks in. So when he walks in, what's what? He's not walking in knowing, okay, I'm going to walk in and there's going to be a burger, a plate with burger and fries and I'm going to switch the fry of the finger. That's not his plan when he walks in. If he does walk in, there has to be some other plan there. He doesn't know there's going to be food there for him to switch a finger out with. So, so what the hell was the whole thing? So to be fair, my first time watching it, I'm sitting there like, that fucking bitch. She's part of it. Ah. At first, I was literally thinking she was part of it. That would have been a good twist. <laughs> That would be the only logical explanation of the finger. Hey, look, maybe she was. She does a lot of things in the movie that suggest that she's a part of it. But then maybe Ruger turn, maybe Ryder turns on her at the end and says, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> but she does do a lot of actions in the movie that would suggest that she's a part of it. So. Right. So, and, and now Jim also gets arrested by the cops because now we find out John's been framing him. A finger aside, I always get hungry watching that scene. <laughs> It looks like a, a good ass plate of burger and fries. He's literally—he's not even eating the fry. He's literally just, eh, like just, just really, like I don't even know what he's doing. What you would call it? He's just—he's not even biting the he's, tip of the fry. He's lost in deep thought, and the fries aren't too important to him. I feel like then the fries would be gone because I'd be shoving my damn face with the fries. Well, remember, and then eat a finger. Remember too, the thing is like he actually didn't ask her for food; she just made it. So. Again, that's why I originally thought... Usually when you're going through traumatic things like that, one of the first things you lose is your appetite. So That's why one of the first things I thought was Nash was part of this somehow. Nah. I mean, especially since the first thing... I know this wasn't the first movie she was in. The first thing I saw her in was Single White Female, and she was crazy in that damn movie. Well, she, like I said, she has a, a solid career behind her for sure. She kind of disappears from the movie, then she comes back later on. like By coincidence? It's like, yeah, make sure you're on this bus... Like, where was her dad sending her, by the way? We never find that out. Where was she going? I don't know, but the way she stands up for him might be a little bit unrealistic. Does she know enough about him to really use a gun and actually, like, free him? <laughs> like, she kind of put herself in it when she didn't have to. Right. Well, I mean, at the same time, she, she sees a cop trying to give, uh, trying to get a reason to shoot John or Jim. But even then, even when she finds out when she finds out that she is, that he's being attacked, like stalked by somebody, there's still room for her to separate herself from him. Yeah. If she goes off her own way, I don't think that he follows her. I think he just. He would just go. Yeah. Well, for one, he'd, no. be, he'd probably be shot right now. Well, no, what I mean is that I don't think John Ryder would follow her if she oh, went no. off. He didn't care about her until he saw that she was sticking with him. Now it's like, oh, she's a pawn to be used. But she kind of put herself to her own death, basically. In a way. Oh, yeah. The police station scene, that makes no sense to me. I don't care how much of a heavy sleeper you are. Most likely, if these cops are being killed, someone's shooting. Bullets are loud, especially in an enclosed building. Yeah, you know, and this also suggests that maybe he's superhuman because <laughs> it, this is basically like he does some Michael Myers shit here. <laughs> he just goes in, kills everyone, and walks out very silently. I did not expect that. He went in there and just like destroyed everybody. So, and, and, and yeah, and 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 uh, and Jim, what what the hell? What, he was he sleeping the whole he time. He took some damn some melatonin, like <laughs> he took some sleeping pills. Oh like, no, he took Benadryl for that shit. Yeah, he took some strong. He down the whole damn thing of Benadryl. Apparently, <laughs> I'm just literally surprised he doesn't. He didn't wake up with like a note attached to his chest. Yeah, true. You know what? I, you know, this movie definitely inspired the movie Joyride. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. there's a lot of similarities between this movie and Joyride, but and also enough differences to be its own thing. Maybe even the first um, first half an hour of Jeepers Creepers, too. It's funny because, like, I have a love for these kind of movies. Like, I noticed like, I love kind of road terror movies. 
like horror type movies that are like on the road. Oh yeah. There's something cool because there's only a few of them. It's intense because believe it or not, even though you're in such a wide open space, it's still extremely isolating. Yeah. And there's a movie called Duel. I don't know if you've ever seen Duel, but this borrows a lot from Duel, I think. Duel is the one where basically like the truck is actually chasing the dude in the car, mm. but you never actually see the drive of the truck. Mm. It's just just the truck pretty much is always after him, and it goes to like the whole. They're all it's like an hour of them being chased of chase scene basically. No oh, damn. Um, no, I have not seen that one. I will definitely check it out next time I hear of it. It's a good. It's a good little road horror movie. So, but still, yeah, I think the reason those are so work well is again the terror of the isolation. Yes, you may be in an open area, but. You're also cut off from everyone depending on where this is all taking place at. True. This is taking place, as I said, seems like Utah, Nevada, somewhere headed to California. Yeah, they never really say where they're at, right? Yeah, no. And it's definitely a country road because there's nothing. Oh, one thing I want to comment on too is that this kind of movie, I think, only works in the time period where there's no cell phones. Oh, hell yeah. Well, maybe it suggests why you really can make a good horror movie now because having access to a smartphone, it's like every time you're in danger, you're always just like that close to the cops, basically. Well, here's the thing. In the area he was in, even I don't think a cell phone would have worked for him. They could have pulled the whole no signal thing because, again, who's going to really need signal out there? Because there's always in this area, there's most likely a gas station before this stretch of road. In a gas station right after the stretch of road. Yeah. You're never going to need... Most people are not going to be on their phones. If you're smart, you'll stop off at the first gas station you see and then stop off at the next gas station. Yeah, I don't know, though. With a cell phone, I think there's a lot less stopping off places when you have a cell phone. Yeah. Like, he has to stop off. He has to first go to where Nash is to use her phone. Um, when he's going to the gas station, he's trying to use the phone there. Mm-hmm. It just like... Um, and then... From the initial point of where he gets attacked, immediately he could have called the cops and been like, hey, I just got attacked. This dude's back there on the road somewhere. Come get him. So here's another uh, scene. So He doesn't think to call the cops. No, what he does, I was actually about to get to it. Jim decides to hold up two cops, oh, yeah. handcuff one, and then have the other one drive him. And then he starts talking to the captain where he was about to get his out. Yeah. He was seriously about to get his out. He was about to get the cops help, even though it's going to start, obviously, with him being arrested. Yep. But he was about to get help when all of a sudden John definitely puts that in the no-no square. This is such a funny scene because, like, he shoots the two cops in the front seats. But, like, I saw, like, some, like, rock music drops, and, like, and Jim in the backseat loses his mind. He goes, no! God, no! Well, here's a real question. So, obviously, the car crashes. Jim wasn't wearing a seatbelt. He should have flown through the front. Exactly. There's some scenes where I feel like... um, This movie took some liberties to not make realistic. Well, there's some scenes where C. Thomas Howell's acting goes a little bit off the rails. (laughs) This is one of those scenes where, like, he's just, like, over the top. And then also when, um, when he's in the diner and he's sitting down... And John Ryder comes and sits across from him. Now, this was a pretty damn good scene right here. It was a great scene. The only thing I didn't like was that, so when, um, so he has the gun underneath, right? And then John Ryder fakes that he has a gun also. And he's like, you better shoot yours because you, you know I'll shoot mine. The look on C. Thomas Howell's face. <laughs> He gets this like like this zany kind of look. Well, also, it's it's not really like um, it's not even scared. It's like um, like he's stupefied. I don't know. Well, that was also because he was told by uh, John that gun's empty. Yeah. And the way he proves it after scaring the living hell out of him and you know Jim trying to shoot him, the reason he knows it is because he has the bullets. <laughs> yeah. Which he gives him. But well, this is another deep in the movie. This is another opportunity for John to kill him. But again, John just says, hey, you're a smart kid. Figure it out. Oh, yeah. And well, we, the audience, maybe he's talking to us because we are we pretty much are figuring it out now. Right. So this is also where Jim finally reunites with Nash, you know, holding her up at gunpoint in the bathroom. Which apparently is uh, endearing to her because <laughs> now she's on board completely. Right. All the way through she, this. She's on the long train ride to death. All the way through this, through this chasing. Don't ask. Which this chase scene is basically now we feel like we're... I feel like the chase scene was like in a different movie. Yeah, so this is where the movie actually goes from horror to action real fast. Crazy action because 
Apparently, the apparently don't kill cops because the whole damn state police is on their trail so, now. So obviously, we already knew that part, but uh, the part I'm wondering. Get to the they chopper! Get, exactly. Where the hell kind of budget do they get for this damn chopper? You know, to stay in the movie for five minutes. Well, it's a useless chopper. So. Yeah, because it somehow gets shot down by a handgun. John Ryder, way off to the side in his car with one arm, just says, nah, get away from me, chopper, and shoots it down and explodes. What and, the hell? And this is also where Nash finally goes, what the hell did I get myself into? A uh, uh, hint for you, Nash. Separate yourself from Jim Halsey. Yeah, she doesn't do that. Instead, she just yells at him, why didn't he try to kill us if he's after you? Which, again, kind of brings up the point is if John's actually trying to kill him or if he's trying to get something from Jim in, this, in general. And Nash, I bet everyone's, every instinct in her bone is telling her to go get away from this guy. But what she do? She, she sleeps with him. She goes half on a damn Motel 6 room with him. Yep. I'm just saying. Hey, so, uh, they'll, they'll leave the lights on for you, but then um, John Ryder will be in the bed with you, all yeah, right? I was, I was about to ask, how the hell, how in the hell did this man get in this room without anyone noticing? Because literally, Jim walks through that corner yep. to get to the bathroom, and all of a sudden, John's just right there. Like, Listen, the, how? the same way he got the finger in the fries, all right? Maybe he has some kind of Jason Bourne co-op, some... <laughs> Some black ops operation from his past. He clearly has some type of experience. He, you know what he is? Probably he's probably whatever the guy from Taken did, whatever oh. Liam Neeson's career was, where he had a particular set of skills and a particular set of things. So that, that's what I'm wondering if the, if the backstory of Ruger Howard's character, John, was prior military, maybe an army ranger. Something. He had to be some form of special forces to do half the shit he does. I would like to say something more deceptive, but. CIA? Yeah. FBI? I was thinking... CIA. I was thinking Men in Black, personally. Yeah, but I've never seen him with some aliens. Yeah. Who who better to chase down aliens than this guy, so... Uh, Robert Patrick? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well... He's an alien. He's an alien himself. So. (laughs) No, he's a robot. He's 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 with them. He's on their side. Um. So unfortunately, in this Motel Six, he does get in there. You're right. I don't know how. (laughs) Where's the damn hotel manager? Right. I'm just sitting there again. I'm watching it. I see him. I'm like, he's supposed to be human, right? And and by the way. How long is this damn shower that Jim Halsey takes? Like, he's, I mean, a, he's in the bathroom for a hot minute. So to be fair on Jim, Jim Halsey, I take 30-minute showers myself, especially when, the, especially when the water stays hot. If steam's not coming off me, it's not hot enough. But if the water stays hot, I'm staying in there. Yeah, okay. Okay, long shower guy. Here's the thing. When you know there's a damn serial killer on your tracks right behind you, do you stop for the 35-minute, take all the hot water out, shower? Hell no, I wouldn't even be showering. Wouldn't you be on guard a little bit? Like, at the front door with a gun? He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. You gonna go sit in the shower and let yourself drown in the shower for 30 minutes? No, and, I wouldn't even take a shower. And by the way, you're leaving the girl out. Like, what do you think is gonna happen? I bet you, I bet you uh, John Ryder took one look inside the window and said, hmm, girl laying on bed, guy nowhere to be found. Hmm, this is gonna be easy. So, what should one look in the window? What I feel like should have happened with this scene is the girl joins them. They have a sexy shower time, and then John opens the curtains to you know kill them. Sees what they're doing, goes, "I'll let y'all finish." <laughs> nah, that would have been against the tone of the movie for sure. No, that still would have been at least nice to John because John seems to like Jim. He'd be like, "Okay, I'll let you finish because I have respect for you." At that point, though, the mood would be broken, but... Well, unfortunately for Nash, John, I think, in his brain, what he's thinking is that, okay, this is it. If I can kill her, this is the final thing that'll push him over the top and make him actually kill me. So first, he doesn't... So first, he doesn't actually kill her right off the bat. First, he's torturing her. Yes. I'm sorry, wondering if he's going to just drive or not. No, torture Mental torture. Absolutely. But here's the thing. He gets in. John goes, you know what to do. Hands him the gun. John's like, all right, Jim, uh, if I shoot you, you kill her. And he just looks at him like, I'll do you one better. 
drives, kills her anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it was a lose-lose, lose-lose scenario, but... I personally would have told him, if you put this truck in Bray, if you put this truck in park, I'll kill you right then and there. Truck in park equals bullet to the face. I just don't see that. I just don't see him agreeing to it. Then he can see to me shooting him in the spine and paralyzing him for the rest of his life where he does not get what he wants and still ends up in prison. The problem is just his foot being on the thing, on his foot being on the gas pedal, right? There's just no good way to like jump in and do you do anything to him basically. Again, that's why you have to get the truck and park somehow. If the truck's in park, it ain't moving. Yeah, well exactly what you said. He's not dumb enough to be like, okay. <laughs> now go ahead and shoot me in the face. It's like, well, he wants you're under that. arrest, idiot. Well, he wants to be shot in the face. Yeah, you're going to shoot him in the back, though. and just <laughs> if, he st- if he drives away, if he puts it in park, I shoot him in the head. Yeah, but here's he the thing. He gets what he wants, I get what I want. Once he puts it in park and you shoot him in the head, guess what? You go to prison for life. Nope, well, he's, I say no, he no, attacked no, no, no. me. Nope, not. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work, buddy. When the cops see that they put the car in park, they'll be like, hey, he cooperated. You can't shoot him in the head then? Nope, he attacked me. He tried to chuck me. I was for I was legally forced to defend myself by any means necessary from a serial killer. Well, this is all a moot point for Jim Halsey because he's still not at point, even with the girl tied up where he's willing to shoot. Um, yeah, because then uh, John just drives, rips her in half. Jim yells, and uh, next scene is John was arrested anyway. Yes, and we were talking about this earlier. The um, the director wanted to make that more graphic. And the studio didn't want it to be more of like a cutaway death. But my thing was, it's better left the imagination because if they show it, it's going to be cheesy and probably just look bad. Like, if you think about that angle and stuff, it's just probably not going to look good. It's not gonna, the it's, angle, it's, but... It's, it's going to be a dummy probably instead of her. That's so. what I was going to say. It would have been a dummy prop. It would have looked like a dummy. Yeah. Because hey. as we already mentioned, they didn't have that big of a budget for this movie. I could probably, I could tell you most of this budget probably did go to the roads because they, you know, some of this budget had to go to the filming locations. Well, the budget was five point eight million. No, the budget was six million. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the <laughs> sadly, I'm thinking of the gross five point eight million. Six million. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, twice the budget of Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Um, but at least it's a better we, movie. We can see where the budget went at least. Yeah. So. That then and then uh, Jim finally gets some gahonas and uh, holds the captain up at gunpoint and says, "Get out!" Because he realizes that basically he has to be the one to take out John Ryder because John John Ryder's not going to stop. Prison can't hold him. Nothing can hold him. He's going to escape, well, and he's to, right. He does escape. Well, to be fair, Jim knows that anyone could kill this guy, but uh, no one's going to. Yeah. Because no one's at that point as Jim is right now. Remember, he's arrested them. John Rogers, he's arrested and being taken to prison. But Jim already anticipates that he's going to escape. So, Which he does. Because I, and I, what I don't understand. How he dives from the back of the car to the, the windshield. How? <laughs> Through the windshield. How, does, how did John get the shotgun? I don't know. How did he break his handcuffs? Because he's Superman. How the hell? What, what were these cops doing to allow... A crazy ass man to have a shotgun. Better believe that in the true sequel is that John Ryder gets resurrected as the creeper from Jeepers Creepers. Because that's what he is. I wouldn't be surprised. Nah, I'm they're very similar. So So also the, the, the climax to this, as much as it is intense, it also kind of makes no sense. In the fact that in the fact of the truck. So he so Jim runs him over with the truck. The guy gets up. Okay, we already seen him get up from multiple different things. I'm not surprised at this point. Right. What I am surprised about is, one, when did the truck get turned off? And mm. why can it not turn back on all of a sudden? Mm, true. A human hitting it is not going to damage the engine to the point where it's not going to turn on. True. Very true. Huh. So that's this whole scene is John's shooting. Jim's trying to start the truck that should be started the first time. And I know it's to add intensity, but there's better ways to add intensity. Like yeah. maybe have John literally as the guy's dri- as Jim's driving on him, shoot the tires, have the damn thing flip. Yeah, there's not much resistance at the end. It's basically, as you said, it's um, it's John getting what he wanted. Yeah. He wanted to be killed. 
He wanted to be killed, and... But he probably is very hard to kill because a truck hitting him does nothing. He gets back up. And uh, at least a few, at least the second time it hit him, that did a, that stunned him a little. And yeah. I think, if I remember correctly, it broke his it broke his arm, and it probably broke his leg. And then finally, Jim comes out, shoots him once. He's still up. Shoots him a second time. Then he falls down. Cuts the credits. Cuts the credits. Yep. And you got a great. Uh, I don't know if you heard the song during the credits. It's like this great, depressing, interesting music, but... Um, <laughs> well, the movie is still pretty depressing. I mean, just because the bad guy got what he wanted at the end. Well, my, my argument is that he did, but also Jim Halsey has tra- transformed now into a badass who won't be pushed around by anybody going forward. So he might be a better man going forward now, although we have to ignore the sequel then also, so... I was about to, or, or he eventually becomes like John and goes around and does the exact same stuff to him. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't see anywhere his uh, his ethics were um, corrupted. Just that his well, he his toughness was. He eventually f- was forced to kill a man. That that was his moral dilemma. This whole movie was does yeah, he have the morality? But that's to stupid, take life. But that's stupid because that's like Batman's type stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> my only rule is that I won't kill. Um, yeah, Batman should be killing the Joker because look at how many people the Joker kills in the process. Yeah, you got to kill him for the greater good. If you don't kill um, John Ryder, then how many more people is he going to kill on the road? Well, he did eventually kill John Ryder. I'm just saying he probably could have ended up as him. That could have been a darker side. The, the whole ending was left up to interpretation. I didn't see nothing to suggest that he's going to be the new guy that's going to take out. It probably would have been better. Fam- than, you think you see him taking out family station wagons with kids in the backseat? It probably would have been better than Jake Busey, I'm guessing. That's true. Especially if the movie came out a year after. Absolutely. Well, we're going to pretend that it's just this. <laughs> All right, let's get to our categories. So, the categories is best performance. It, this doesn't have to be discussed even, I think. No, right? it doesn't. This is just too easy. I mean, we might as well not have that as a category for this one. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm saying it anyway. Ruger Howard as John. So you don't agree with me about the sheriff? <laughs> no, I'm just like, <laughs> I will throw something at you. I thought we were going to go with the sheriff. All right. No, of course, Ruger Howard. Classic villain hair. Lifts the movie to a whole different level. So Worst performance. I don't really have one. But if I had to choose, be honest, I'd probably go with Nash. I, I can't choose a side character because they're not on long enough. I'm going to go with C. Thomas Howell. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like his overacting in some scenes. Well, that's some scenes, but he still did a great job in all the others. The reason I'm saying... Yeah. Well, Nash- I, well, I don't think he does a bad job at all, but if you're... You're right. There's only like three performances, so I'm just picking out of three performances. So the reason I say Nash is because... I don't know if it's really performance issue or more character issue. Cause it was because a lot of the things she does, one, she doesn't know Jim, so why the hell would she put herself in this situation in the first place? Not to yeah. mention she also did something stupid that probably is actually how uh, John found her, and that's called her dad. That's probably how John found her. And what John hacked the phone lines? You never know. No way. Oh yeah. No. Well, why else would Look, Jim make it such an issue to her calling her dad? I'm, I'm going back to see Thomas Howell because she only died because the mofo took the 35-minute shower when there was a killer on the loose, right? <laughs> Do not deny the power of the 35-minute shower. I bet he felt nice and refreshed after that. Look, we know from their careers afterwards that Jennifer Jason Lee went, was on the uprise and C. Thomas Howell was on the downrise, <laughs> right? So. That's, pro- that's probably the movies he was in, not really, the, not really him in the, in the sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with C. Thomas Howell just because I can't, I can't pick a worse actor. They're, they all are good in this movie, I feel like. So. Yeah, but anyway, best scene. I think me and you were already in agreement with this one. The burger and fry scene, yeah. So. <laughs> no, no, no. I, that, the, first, the first 10 minutes is by far the best. The first 10 minutes is like, up there with the best opening 10 minutes of any horror movie. Just yeah. because you're immediately thrown into a tense situation. Immediately thrown into a tense situation. The acting is phenomenal at this point. And to be honest with you, the minute Ruger Howard walk, gets in the car, takes off the hat, and you see his face, you see, for some reason, it's just automatically, you don't want to fuck with this guy. Nope. But he's going to do something that you're going to have to. Yeah, this guy happened to pick up the most intimidating hitchhiker of all time right i mean why couldn't he just pick up a hippie girl at least then he would have gotten some weed um, worst scene worst scene hmm so for me it's probably one of your <laughs> favorite actually the helicopter uh, no the police station oh just because of how it made no damn sense you're not talking about the interrogation you're talking about 
the actual death. Yeah. All the how how in the world did John kill three cops without them apparently releasing any shots? And if they did, how in the world did Jim not wake up from it? Yeah, I don't think the the police scene could have been done a little bit more logically. At least you had a funny scene with the dog uh, licking the blood off the one cop. Yeah. But that's why I'm like, yeah, that that scene is the one scene also where it's like, mm, is this guy superhuman? Because he's an unstoppable killer. I mean, there's a lot of scenes in this that makes you think, is he a, is he superhuman? Just from a lot of the stuff he does or is able to do. Shooting down helicopters. That he should not be able to. Magically appearing in restaurants and putting the finger in the fries. <laughs> Eliminate a character. I know who you, I know who you're going to say. <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> but I feel like she's necessary to get him to that point of... Oh, no. I, I Believe it or not, I actually wrote down no one. Yeah. Almost Pretty much everybody in this movie, whether small or big, had a point to the movie to add to the story or to the kill count. Yeah, it, it's, such a, it's such a small cast, and you're right. Every character is there for a reason. Yeah, no matter whether it makes sense or not... They still had a part to play. Even the captain had a part to play in the movie, even though it was such a 30-second role. Yeah, there's no there's no fluff characters, so you do have to keep all the characters. Yeah. And do, is there anything you wish was explored more? So me personally? A lot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. almost every character could have had more background. So me, I would have loved a, a little bit of backstory for um, John Ryder. Yeah. Like, but how does but he, I, don't, I don't know how you would get it, though. He's not going to explain anything. Well, he He's may, not going to go into a monologue about, in 1665, I grew up on the... Like, how would 1665? How old do you think <laughs> this man was? <laughs> well, like, well he, we don't need, obviously, that. But you could have shown us, like, maybe he had, say, a damn medal of honor from military service on his jacket. Or he could have done something to show any kind of backstory. Maybe he had, maybe his wallet had a picture of a family on it at one point. There's one thing um, in, um, in the restaurant scene, the diner scene where he's sitting across from him. It does show that actually he has a wedding ring on his finger. So again, this could have something to do with potentially a family that may have been killed, and that's why he wants to die. He wants to be with them. But the more sinister theory, sinister theory online is that he took the wedding ring from the um, the family of the couple he killed. Well, that's true, but family. at that point, we need to pay oh. attention to the very beginning to see if there was a wedding ring on the finger. Oh, there. no, here's the thing. So go back and watch the scene. He has two wedding rings on his fingers. Oh, he does? <laughs> yeah. That's where it gets a little more sinister. Why would so he have he two wives? Or two dead women if he's killed recently. That's besides the point. I think there's a way to give um, Jim Halsey a little bit more backstory. Like yeah. have his brother actually answer the phone? Well, I'm thinking um, now in, sac- in the trade-off of this is, though, that the movie starts off a little bit slower, but open with him having a phone conversation with his mom, just explaining to his mom what he's doing, her telling him to be careful, and then even... Um, she could jokingly say, uh, don't pick up any hitchhikers with that. So, and then cut him on the open road. So there's a question. I know he mentions his mom, but seeing as how he told the police to call his brother, do we even have any kind of idea if his mom's actually still alive in this movie or not? Could When he said that, it could have been just a passing thought to his mother about a situation he's putting himself into. I think his mom's alive just because the way he, he so jokingly says it. He doesn't say it like in a somber way he still could have said it jokingly even if she passed away you know it's a little funny thing that she told him once it's still gonna make him laugh whether it's uh whether he's still uh broken up about it or not i think he called he calls his brother for a very specific reason i think um, well because to uh, give him uh, some kind of alibi about to the cops that why he has his car yeah but, but uh, a fair point would be like at a certain point you think you'd want to call his mom though. <laughs> you think? Just to update her on what's going on. That's why I think the mom may not be alive anymore. Because again, why call the brother? Why not call your mom? Your mom's probably going to answer. I just feel like he'd be a little more tougher and a little bit less happy-go-lucky. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give it three stars. Thought long and hard about it. I'm, I think that's a consensus. It's a seven point two on IMDb. A seven rating is probably like a three star rating from our scale. Since we're only going up to four. Yeah. So it's just a really tense action. It's like not action packed, but it's not a slow movie. It's basically just from the, it's an hour and a half, but from the first five minutes to the end, the movie doesn't slow down. Every single scene has a purpose. You're right. Every character has a purpose. Every interaction has a purpose. It's all one very focused, ongoing thing. So like I said, there wasn't much I could say about the movie because it's just... It's so visual and it's so like, you know, 
there's not much plot there to talk about either. I mean, right. there really is no plot. So, so you, just, you kind of have to watch and experience it for yourself. Anybody reviewing it really can't tell you what it is. So, but you'll enjoy it. Must play three stars. So for me, and uh, I love the characters in it. Even though I did say Nash was the worst performance, but this is also what her first film role. Yeah, because they said the re- they said the reason she did it is because she had the year before did a movie with Ruger. That's right. So she's still coming up to her abilities as an actress. She eventually gets there. She's a great actress. Yeah, but they did they did make it seem like she was doing them a favor by doing the movie. Right. Like she's like a a big enough actress at the time to be like. I'll do your little horror movie and I'll, I, oh, 15 minutes, screen time? Okay, a weekend of work. It was kind of one of those things where it's like she's lending herself to help with the movie or something. Yeah, so. but still, great characters, intense villain, intense situation, and it honestly nails the isolating uh, atmosphere to the movie, even though you're always in these big open areas. For me, I would be giving it a three myself. I could have given it a two and a half just to spite you. Uh, well, now let me ask you, so... Maybe it was your first time you watching it. How do you feel about the rewatchability? Because I think it's a movie that best served like watching it every few years, not like all the time. No, but uh, you definitely can revisit every couple years. So for this movie, it would definitely be every few years. Or hell, maybe if you saw it on TV and nothing else to watch, it's a great watch because. Guess what? There's not a whole lot of things that the TV version needs to cut out. There's no nudity in this. No. There's no. There's no blood. The yeah. only gory scene that would have been was uh, left to interpretation, pretty much. Like, actually, you could watch this movie with the family. Yeah. Well, I think the only thing is, is uh, maybe some cursing here and there, but there's uh. still barely any of that. This movie definitely shows a horror movie that anybody could watch done right without a mom getting pissed off or a grandma getting mad. Or a great-grandmother getting mad. Yeah. Either way, this is a, this would be a, not for, fun for the whole family, of course, but it's still a fun ride, a decent watch. And if you see it on TV, great. If you're a collector like we are, get it if you can find it. But don't collect the sequel or the remake. Exactly. Leave those out. Those don't exist no more. I haven't even seen the sequel, so actually I can't talk about it, but they don't exist anyway. Not canon. <laughs> All right, folks. Remember, y'all don't have to get out of here. Actually, you do got to get out of here. In doing that, do not be picking up any hitchhikers. Especially if they look like Ruger Hauer or Sean Bean. And always check your French fries when you're eating them. And don't eat them in a weird way where you'd have them put it down and pick up a finger. Yeah, be, be, be normal people. Eat the whole fry. Especially if you get them from McDonald's. And most likely, uh, most likely, if you can get them nice and hot, you want to eat them whole. You don't want to just eat half. Just skip the fries. Get some onion rings. Get apple pie. Onion rings. There you go. Do onion rings. Do mozzarella steaks. Do wings. Especially wings. Especially wings. All right, everyone. Y'all have a good night. And I hope to see y'all next week. Later.